I'm Meg Dahl, your unbreakable host. Welcome to the show. with a brand new episode of the Unbreakable You podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here again this week. I am so excited to dive into today's episode with Chris Dovniak. She has an incredible story about healing her relationship with food after so many years of going in and out of such disordered relationships with food and her body. So if you've ever felt like you really need to strengthen and heal your relationship with food, but also your body at the same time, Chris and I go deep into that conversation in today's episode. So I'm so excited for you to meet Chris today and hear from her. She shares all about her story and gives us really great takeaway tools as well. But before we dive in, I just want to let all of you know that I am teaching essential oils classes two times a week now. So if you are brand new to essential oils or you're wanting to learn more about essential oils, then the intro to essential oils class would be for you. In that class, I teach you all about the top 10 essential oils and how to start using essential oils as your natural healthcare tools. So my intro to essential oils classes are on Tuesdays, at 5 p.m. Mountain Time, and I'd love for you to join me there. All of my classes are free, by the way, and they take place on Zoom. So it's a virtual class and perfect for this time of our lives. So I'll just continue with these classes. And then I actually added on another class option for Thursdays. Now, this class is specifically for hormones and how to support your hormones and also set yourself up to have better periods and better cycles overall. So I'm teaching you all of that on Thursday at 5 p.m. Mountain Time. So that's tomorrow, actually, if you're listening to this podcast episode when it comes out on Wednesday. So my intro to essential oils classes Tuesdays at 5 p.m. and my hormones and essential oils classes are Thursdays at 5 p.m. Mountain Time. If you can't make those classes, still register because I will be sending out recordings. Um, you can register for these classes at megdoll.com slash classroom. So that's megdoll.com slash classroom. Register for the classes and you'll be on the list. And then I'll just shoot you the link to join my Zoom room to attend the free class. So I hope to see you there. It's been tons of fun. I've been teaching these online classes ever since um, this whole COVID thing started. I typically teach these classes in person. So if you are wanting to experience essential oils and we don't live close to one another, I'd be happy to send out a sample for you. 
So in order to get your hands on a sample, I'm going to be sending out more information about that in future emails. So be sure to register for my classes, magdahl.com slash classroom, and I'll get you all set up. And we're just going to make this work while we're still kind of navigating these times we're in. But anyways, why don't we jump into today's episode with Chris? She is absolutely amazing, and I just thoroughly enjoyed learning from her and hearing her story, and I know you're going to love it too. Welcome to the show, Chris. I'm so excited to have you on. As we were just talking, I was recently on your podcast. We just recorded that last week. And now you're on my podcast. So welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Meg. I love chatting with you. So I think this is going to be an awesome conversation again. Yes, I had tons of fun with you last week. And as we discovered, we have so much in common. So why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners today? Yeah, well, I'm Kristen Dovniak, or Healthy Mama Chris, as I'm known online. Um, So I'm a holistic health coach, a certified intuitive eating counselor, um, also a trained chef, and a mama of two, hence Healthy Mama Chris. And what I do is I help women uncomplicate eating and stress less about food so they can enjoy their life more. And I do this through helping them tune in to their intuition and simplify nutrition so they can live healthy, happy, whole lives beyond rules. That's amazing. So I really, really love the part about simplifying things for women. Mm, I think we have such a tendency to really overcomplicate things when it comes to what we eat. And I know I found myself in that position for so many years of my life. So I'm going to assume that that's part of your history as well. And I would like you to just kind of share with us um, how you got to where you are today. Like, did you obviously you have had struggles with your relationship with food just because I know you. Um, But if you want to share that journey with us. Yeah. Well, I always joke, do you want the short version or the long version? (laughs) Because uh, it, oh my gosh, my relationship with food probably starts back in high school. And I'll try to zoom through high school pretty quick. But uh, (laughs) I never really struggled with my relationship with food growing up. So growing up, I grew up kind of your normal American kid eating the standard American diet. I, you know, ate lots of, you know, blue box macaroni and cheese and toaster strudels. But then I also um, had the blessing of being a, having a dad who loved to fish for fresh fish and have a beautiful garden in our backyard. So I was also introduced to things like fresh vegetables in the summertime. And I was introduced to a lot of those type of foods as well. So I feel like I grew up kind of eating that standard American diet with, you know, some really delicious fresh foods mixed in there as well. And I never really thought anything about my weight or my body size or 
any of that until my freshman year of high school. So at this point in time, and I still haven't looked to see if they still do this. I really hope they don't. But at this point in time, they would they were doing these fitness tests, they would call them. And the beginning of these fitness tests, we had to get our height and our weight measured. And I remember getting weighed and sitting down on the bleachers in the gym waiting for everyone else to get weighed. And there was a girl sitting in front of me and I looked down at her sheet because they kind of write your weight at the top of the sheet. And she was the same height as I was, but I was 30 pounds heavier. And all of a sudden, I felt like there was something wrong with me. I'd never felt this way before. I had never felt like, you know, my food was anything to be concerned about. But all of a sudden, I was like, there's something wrong with me my body's not right. And I didn't really do anything about it other than start feeling really uncomfortable in my clothes. I remember this shift happening where all of a sudden my clothes didn't fit right. I started wearing clothes that would kind of cover up the parts of my body that I felt uncomfortable with. And I just had this overarching feeling that there was something kind of wrong with me. And then at this point in time, I was actually also a martial artist. So I had been doing martial arts since elementary school and I was going through black belt training at the time. And I was going through this really rigorous training and I was always an active kid. I was never um, an athletic kid, but martial arts was kind of my thing. But I'd never trained so much in my life. So through doing all of this training and just kind of eating normally, I dropped a few pounds. I didn't notice it. I wasn't weighing myself at the time, but someone made a comment that I looked slimmer and asked me what I had done. And I was kind of taken aback because I was 15 and I was like, oh, um, I guess I'm just working out a lot. And from that moment on, I started researching diets and I started going, okay, if one person noticed that I lost weight and it made me good, well, then maybe I need to do other things to lose weight and it'll make me better. It'll make me be seen and noticed. And so I started, you know, following all these crazy like celebrity diets, anything that I could find, I consumed. I've always had a passion for reading and research. So this was, you know, is to both my benefit and my detriment in the nutrition world. I love learning new things, but I was on again, off again, dieting throughout the next year or so until I came to the point where I realized that if I just worked out more, which at the time was running for me, and ate less, well, then my body started dropping pounds. And I started weighing myself every day and being crazy meticulous about the food that I ate, the amount of food that I ate, the amount that I ran, everything I ate was, you know, made up for by you know, the, or everything I ate had to be made up for by a mile of running and all of these crazy rules and restrictions, everything that I could find that told me that I should eat a certain way, I tacked it on. And this ended up, not surprisingly, turning into an eating disorder that lasted for about four solid years until my best friend from high school, I'm so, so grateful for her, sat me down. I remember sitting at Starbucks across from her with my black coffee with Splenda in it because that's the only way I drink coffee, which is so gross to me now, but that's what I drank because it had no calories, right? And she looked at me in the eyes and she said, if you don't get help, I'm going to get help for you. So thankfully I listened to her. 
And I went and I told my mom that I wanted to see the doctor. And I went to the doctor and the doctor was like shocked. And she starts talking about like at how much I had lost in like the past year since she had seen me. And she started telling me all these scary things. Like I would never be able to have children if I kept doing this. And so she terrified me. And so I went to go see a dietitian. And what's funny to me now is looking back, this was a very like holistic dietitian compared to what I was taught when I I went to school for dietetics. Um, She like told me about things like the importance of omega-3 fats and sea salt and all of these things, which like were not what I needed at the time. But she did help me to restore my weight. But the problem was I restored my weight my first couple years of college, but I had never healed my relationship with food. I still had this really complicated relationship with food. So at the time I was in my second year of college, I decided to go to school for nutrition because of course I was interested in nutrition, though it wasn't in the healthiest way at the time. Um, And in my third year, I met this cute guy who is my now husband. (laughs) And he kind of introduced me to what intuitive eating looks like to me now, this kind of normal way of eating where I was in school for nutrition, so I'd healed from this eating disorder. And so I was still into eating healthy foods, but I was trying to navigate what that looked like without rules and restrictions. And he was this really cool example of somebody who just ate, who loved all different types of food. And we spent this time, a lot of time, you know, sitting in the kitchen, studying and cooking and making snacks. And it was just really beautiful experience where I was kind of introduced to what a life without rules looks like. But then, of course, life happens. My husband happens to be Canadian, and he is a a couple years older than me. And when he graduated from school, he had to go back up to Canada. So this guy that I met and almost instantly fell in love with was now pretty much, it felt like the government had like taken him away from me. So I went into this spiral of I had no idea how to cope with these emotions that I'd never experienced before. I had never felt those emotions towards another person, and I had no idea what to do about it. So he went back up to Canada. I finished schooling, and during that time, I I started binge eating in this crazy way because I didn't know how else to express my feelings, and I knew that I wasn't allowing myself to restrict my eating anymore. But I would, you know, hide piles and piles of food because food made me feel good. When food was something that I had taken away for so long, I finally allowed myself to have it. And it ended up, of course, you know, gaining a bunch of weight and then feeling uncomfortable with myself again. And so then what did I do? I went back to my old patterns of on again, off again dieting, how I had originally started, you know, down this unhealthy path with food. And because I hadn't healed my relationship with food, this was just what felt most natural to me. So I spent the next year or so on again, off again dieting. My husband and I ended up, I ended up moving up to Canada with him. I went to culinary school because I decided that if I was going to pursue nutrition, I wanted to pursue it in a way that was helping show women that eating healthy could be really delicious and joyful, just like I had felt in those early days in my relationship with my husband, Nick. And, but I was still Still kind of stuck in this dichotomous relationship with food where I loved food and I was learning so much about food, but then I was also fighting with my body at the same time. I was really uncomfortable with the way that my body looked and the way my body had become. And 
I remember like going on this like ridiculously crazy restrictive plan in the couple of months leading up to my wedding. And it made me crazy as most restrictive plans do. And I remember just feeling so like emotionally unstable with the stress of planning a wedding and also finishing up school. I was finishing up my culinary program and then also trying to lose like five pounds, (laughs) which is so ridiculous. And it just stole the life and the joy out of that period in my life. And so I kind of continued along this path and, you know, tried all of these different diets and plans. I ended up struggling with some digestive issues. And that's kind of what brought me over to the world of holistic nutrition. And um, I ended up, you know, really learning the foods that felt good in my body and started looking at food as a form of nourishment and healing, which was also a really and powerful part of my journey because I was no longer dieting, but I was using food to as a as a way of healing myself and making myself feel good after feeling awful for so many years. These were kind of on and again, off again problems that I had had that kind of came to a head, likely because of this on again, off again dieting I had done that was really messing with my my gut health. And so, I mean, but that could be a whole a whole other podcast in and of itself, but. To, to kind of, you know, speed things up a little bit, I ended up getting pregnant with my first daughter. And what happens after you give birth to a baby? What does the world tell you? The world tells you that you've got to lose the baby weight, right? <laughs> and this ended up being kind of the last part of my path in my struggle with my relationship with food because I felt like I needed to then lose the baby weight. I had had this, I had struggled with a really difficult pregnancy. I had a lot of health issues that came up that I hadn't expected because I had spent a couple years healing my gut and I felt like I was the healthiest I had ever been. And then all of these health problems came up and I felt like my body had betrayed me. And so I felt like in that postpartum period, I needed to do something to control my body. And so I went on this and, but I didn't want to go back to another diet. So I went and did something that I considered not a diet, which I now in hindsight know that it totally was, but I went on an extreme fitness journey. So I was working out like crazy because that, you know, that was something that felt good to me. I was working out like crazy, like, you know, twice a day workouts, not not a healthy balance of moving my body. And, you know, I was restricting the food that I ate, you know, by tracking and measuring. And I was still eating what I considered quote unquote clean. So I thought that I was still healthy, but I was still in this really restrictive place. I lost my period for almost a year, which was something that I had gained back after, you know, three years of losing it during my first, um, my first eating disorder. And this really I considered a relapse of my eating disorder at this point because I was so obsessed with my fitness and trying to be fit in the name of health. But once again, it stole my life. Uh, All I could think about was tracking and measuring and when I was going to get my next workout in. And I had this little baby who ended up being, you know, a two-year-old by the time this all came to a head. The first couple of years of her life, I spent worrying about the weight on the scale or how, you know, small my waist could be or how many pounds I was going to lift at the gym. And looking back... I don't have a lot of regrets. I believe that every experience we have is a learning experience and that everything that we are given, we're given for a reason. But man, if I could take back that period of time and take back those, those 
you know, months and years with my daughter and be present for her like I am now. I really wish I could. But, you know, my story is my story. And I ended up doing a fitness competition at the end of this, which was sort of the final, not sort of, it was definitely the final straw. (laughs) I spent 12 weeks like rigorously obsessing over my meals and my fitness. And I ended up placing second in this bikini competition, thinking that this was like the height of my health and my fitness. And I looked the best looking back at the photos of myself, like my eyes are sunken. I look like absolutely terrible. But of course, they cover you with makeup. And I'm in this like sparkly purple bikini. And I'm feeling like my best self. And I go through this fitness competition. And a month after I went through this fitness competition and thought I was in the healthiest place in my entire life. I had this massive health crash. Looking back, it was this huge, it was my adrenals crash. My body was like crazy stressed out. I could barely lift a weight after lifting hundreds of pounds at the gym. And I was falling asleep, sitting up, playing with my daughter. I could no longer be the mom, the wife, the friend that I wanted to be. And I knew that something had to change. And what's interesting is during this time, I had actually started listening to some podcasts on intuitive eating. I think intuitively, my body was telling me that this is not sustainable, that I just, this is not gonna, this won't last, and that I need something else. But I wasn't ready for it. When I had that health crash and I realized what this so-called healthy lifestyle had done to my actual life, I was like, this is it. I need to make a change. So I started working with an intuitive eating counselor and she started helping me, you know, find what I like to call your or my beautiful balance. This place where I'm still nourishing myself with the foods that make me feel good, but there are no rules. There are no restrictions. I'm still moving my body in a way that feels good, but I'm not obsessing over it anymore. I'm trusting my body. I've learned to tune in to my intuition and allow her to tell me what feels the best and what foods and what amounts work for her. And the most beautiful part of all of it is not that just that I gained my health back, but that I gained my life back. I got pregnant with my second daughter. And like I said before, I was afraid I wasn't even going to be pregnant with my first daughter. And it was a lot harder to become pregnant with my second daughter because I had had all these hormonal imbalances from messing with my body and restricting for so long. And I was able to become pregnant and we became a family of four and I could finally give my kids and my husband and my friends this life that, and this, this wife and this mom that I wasn't able to when I was spending all this time obsessing over my body. So that is my story in a nutshell. (laughs) I know that it's long and winding and there's a lot of a lot of parts to it but that's where my passion comes from in helping women take the complication and the stress out of eating and help them to embrace their beautiful balance and find this place that feels good to them that took me so long to get to I don't want them to have to go through what I went through yeah For sure. And wow, thank you so much for sharing your amazing story and your journey with us. Honestly, I know our listeners are going to be 
like resonating with that so deeply because even parts of your story, I'm like, yeah, totally. I've been there. I felt those things. But one thing that I really, really want to highlight here is the fact that your journey, like, kind of became so long and you experienced that relapse, as you called it, because we didn't actually get to like the root of things back in high school or when you first overcame your first eating disorder. Right. And I resonate with that so much just because I feel like my eating disorder that started in high school stayed with me for so many years that were so unnecessary because everyone that I was working with, like my dietitian and doctors and things like that, everyone was just so concerned that I weight restored. And that's very typical when it comes to eating disorders um, that the patient like weight restores and then we think that everything's better right when it's obviously a mental illness and there's such a psychological component to it and I know that healthcare professionals know this but I don't think they know or like I don't think eating disorder recovery really um includes all of the things psychologically that we really, really need to do. Um, Like it wasn't until just like a year, over a year ago, you know, that I really, it's not like I had an eating disorder, but a couple years ago, I was able to really like pull out those roots that were causing like, just like extra chatter in my brain type thing. And so... For you, I would like you to talk a little bit more about how you actually healed your relationship with food, but then also your body. Um, Because again, yeah, you weight restored and things like that. But I really I'm so curious what you personally did to heal your relationship with food and your body. Yeah, Uh, well, I mean, healing my relationship with food was that missing link. The reason why I stayed on these on again, off again diets and went back into the fitness world in this new, you know, kind of orthorexic eating disorder. And, you know, I, I wish part of me wishes, and obviously we can't change the past. So it's not something I harp on, but part of me wishes that I was put in like an inpatient program for my eating disorder because maybe I would have gotten some of that psychological help I needed. But my doctor at the time had never seen anyone, I don't think, in the situation I was in, because I convinced her that I was healthy. I was like, well, I'm still eating. I'm, you know, working out. I'm doing all those things that are supposedly healthy. But when she looked at me, I was super, super malnourished. I was having all these health problems because my weight was so low and I was so restrictive. So her main goal was just that it was to restore my weight and then everything would be better. And so that was kind of the, the dietitian who I worked with. That was her goal too. And to be honest, she was a very sweet lady, but I don't think she had seen anyone like me either. I'm not sure if she had seen anyone with, you know, the eating disorder that I had. And 
I think she did her very best to help me in the best way she could. And she helped me restore my weight. And then she, you know, discharged me after about 12 weeks because I had gained the amount of weight that my doctor said that I needed. And so that was, you know, that was kind of the end of it at that point. I thought I was healed and I thought I was good. And actually, you know, the part of my story that I didn't share kind of the the first couple of glimmers of seeing what a healthy relationship with food could look like were sort of what propelled me later on. And the when about a year after I had healed from my eating disorder, I ended up studying abroad in Italy. And I spent six weeks in the south of Italy. And it was a really, really incredible and life-changing experience because even though I had restored my body weight, I was still, you know, I was still very kind of obsessive about my exercise and I was still very mindful, quote unquote, <laughs> about my eating, even though I wasn't, you know, tracking and measuring as much as I had before. But when I got to the mountains of Southern Italy, I grew up at sea level. I live in New England. I couldn't go for runs anymore. I couldn't work out because I couldn't breathe. And I'd never experienced that before. I was so confused. I tried to go for a run and it was like five minutes later and all of a sudden I like couldn't breathe and I was like, oh my gosh. And I had to come to terms with the fact that I couldn't use that anymore to control my body. And I was able to go on walks and it kind of showed me this new beautiful side to moving my body and treating my body that didn't have to do with control because I couldn't. That control was taken away from me. And in the same vein, the control around my food was also taken away from me. And I because we were fed our meals other than breakfast. And, you know, for breakfast, I like, you know, had my things that I felt safe eating. But lunch and dinner were kind of paid for by this study abroad program. So I was just at the mercy of what they gave me. And I had to learn to start listening to my body. But of course, as soon as I went back into like real life, well, then I went right back into my old habits. And then, you know, the same thing when I was kind of in those early stages of dating my husband, I didn't want him to think I was crazy. So I wasn't like measuring or tracking or going crazy over my food. And what really, I think the the link between both of these and then as I started healing my relationship with food was that I started to allow myself to enjoy food again and to see food for all that it is. That food is fuel for our bodies, but it's not just fuel for our bodies. It's also nourishment. And that point in time where I was using food as, you know, healing for my body when I was going through those digestive problems, I started to see food not just as fuel, but as nourishment. And then it's also pleasure and joy. It brings us together. When you are in that place like I was, where I was like constantly on diets and so obsessed with my food looking a certain way, I wouldn't go to certain uh, social events because I didn't want to be that weird girl. Or I, you know, I would cook a special meal for myself and not eat the same thing as my family was eating. It was really isolating. And I don't think I realized how much this was affecting my life and my friendship and my family life until later on when I was like, oh my gosh, that took so much. And I think I keep bringing that up because it really did take so much away from my life. But once I allowed myself to move away from the rules, I think that was the first step to really healing my relationship with food was moving away from the rules and realizing that food is neutral, that food does not define who I am, 
or my worth. My weight does not define my worth. The way that I eat does not define my worth or who I am. This was really hard in my business as well, because at that point in time, I was a fitness coach. I was a personal trainer. I was helping women do like the same things that I was doing, restrict their food and work out obsessively. And I hate saying that now, but it was part of my journey. And I'm so thankful that many of those women have come on the journey with me now. Um, but that was that was my story at the time. And so it, it was a really difficult time trying to navigate, okay, who am I? outside of, you know, the fit girl or the nutrition obsessed girl. So being able to look at food in a new way and see it as neutral and realize that the foods that I ate and the size of my body did not define me, did not define my worth, allowed me to start taking those rules away from food and start tuning in to what actually felt good in my body because I had all of these crazy rules that I had stacked up, whether they were things that I had learned, you know, from, you know, healing my gut and all of that. And that might not have applied to me anymore now that I am in a good place with my health or things that I learned in diets or, you know, any of these things. I just stacked rules upon rules and I had to kind of start taking them off one at a time and really allowing my mindset to shift each time and remind myself that it doesn't mean anything about me if I start eating gluten again. It also doesn't mean anything about me if I choose not to because it doesn't feel good. And so I really started to neutralize food, take these rules away, and I started enjoying food again. And it was such a sad part in of my journey that I stopped enjoying food. I stopped enjoying cooking, which I obviously have such a passion for cooking. I went to culinary school. I worked as a personal chef for a number of years. I love food and it brings me so much joy. And when I allowed food to become that really positive place in my life again without rules, then my relationship with food really started changing. I kind of went on a tangent. I hope that kind of answers your question to kind of where it all started. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. And I totally agree with you. Um, I know for me, a lot of it back several years ago um, was just like letting go of rules. I think so many of us just hold so tightly onto these rules. So for me, it had a lot to do with me letting go of those food rules. Um, And I think so many of us just hold on to food rules without even really realizing it. And that's something else that I picked up from your story is so much of what you went through is really normalized within our society today, right? Um, When women are going through fitness competitions, it is a sport. I understand that. But I think more and more people do it, not because they enjoy the sport, but because it's just so normalized within society today. So you talked about how you started to heal your relationship with food and some of kind of like the reprogramming of your beliefs that you had to do. Um, But I know a lot of women struggle with their relationship with their body when they're going through eating disorder recovery or this type of like life transformation, right? And that's something that I get asked time and time again, like, 
how do you just become like okay with the body that you're in and I've talked about this so many times on the podcast before but I'd be super curious to hear your point of view and kind of like what you did within your own life yeah oh well I think my my journey with my body was probably the last thing that really came in my journey to healing my relationship with food my relationship with food, I think, was was pretty solid, but I still had some hangups about my body and these especially different parts of my body that I had been told either by the media or by family members who maybe not about me directly, maybe about themselves, but who are well-meaning or it, they were just like you said, like this is the societal norm to diet and make ourselves smaller and try and be, you know, look this certain way. And coming from both the fitness world and then, you know, just a woman in this society, I had these expectations that my body needed to look a certain way. And then, of course, as a mom, too, so many women are expected. You look at, you know, the celebrity gossip magazines, which I don't read anymore, but I used to. I remember being in college and looking at them and all of these, you know, women who bounced back after baby. And I'm like, that's probably because they had a tummy tuck, (laughs) but that's a, that's a whole other, that's a whole other topic, but we, a normal woman's body or, you know, and the variances in normal, there are so many different versions of normal took me a really long time to wrap my mind around. I remember being a young girl and, family members making comments about how my body looked different than their body. And they were praising me for it. But to me, it just made me feel like I was like, there was something wrong with me again, kind of like that experience in high school because I was different. And so, and it also kind of gave me this mindset that I always had to make sure that these parts of my body kept looking that they continued to look that way because that was praised. So, you know, I had these hangups about these different parts of my body, even though I had healed my relationship with food and I wasn't obsessed with the weight on the scale. I remember the moment where I brought the scale outside and threw it in the dumpster. And I like, I had my daughter on my hip and I wish I had like filmed it or something. I know she wouldn't remember it because she was only two, but it was a powerful moment for me to go like, this does not have control control over me anymore and throwing that away. But I was still uncomfortable in my body. And it still had an effect on my relationship with food because when I was feeling uncomfortable with either my body as a whole or the different parts of my body, even though I wasn't weighing myself anymore, then it would give me that desire to restrict again because I'm like, oh, something's wrong with me. And what a couple of the things that I think I I really had to start doing was number one, I really had to start normalizing different bodies, bodies that looked differently than me, bodies that looked different than the ideal that I had in my head that I had strived so long to look like to appear. And I realized that the, you know, my so-called perfect body that I had reached was the most unhealthy I had ever been, the most miserable that I had ever been. And I knew that that wasn't the body that I wanted anymore 
or that wasn't the life I wanted anymore. But there was that incongruency between being like, well, that is the way that I feel like I'm supposed to look, but my life was so miserable. How can I achieve that otherwise? But I can't because that's not the way my body was meant to be. That's not the way my body was designed. So allowing myself to see that health comes in every shape and size and that health doesn't have to do with the way our bodies look. Health has to do with the behaviors, our our habits, the things that make us feel the best, which are different for all of us, the things that make us thrive. So looking at health in that new way, normalizing the fact that there are all different body sizes and that, you know, just because I looked a certain way doesn't make me healthy and, you know, vice versa for, for everyone else really helped me start to normalize my own body and see my body as just like with food, see my body as neutral. So, and you and I talked about this when you were on my podcast as well, where you're sort of, you know, neutralizing your body and not, you know, obsessing over it anymore. And so really normalizing those other bodies and allowing myself to realize that my body is unique and perfect exactly how she is. And also that my body is going to change over time. That is really difficult for me or has been really difficult for me. It's a lot better for me now. Um, But different seasons in our lives, our bodies change and this is natural. And you know, four years ago, I never would have believed that. I would have been like, no, your body's supposed to stay at a certain size and you you have to work to maintain that size, right? But our bodies change season to season and that's normal and that's okay. And when you have a healthy relationship with food in your body, it's not a big deal. I don't change the way I eat because my body changes a little bit here and there. The changes aren't drastic anymore. I'm not going through massive pant sizes year to year, which I was for a long time because I was in this unhealthy relationship with food and my body. And every time I would get into that pant size I was uncomfortable in, well, then of course I would go on the diet to get back to that other pant size. So I got rid of those pants. I found pants <laughs> and clothes that I felt good in that. And I let myself, I let myself let go of anything that didn't make me feel good. And I actually consistently go through my closet and whether it's, you know, the size of my body, the shape of my body or the color of the item, I am like the donation queen. I love getting rid of the things that don't make me feel my best because I want to feel good. Because when I feel good, I show up better for the people in my life. I show up as the woman that I was designed to be. And it has nothing to do with the size or the shape of my body. Um, And my confidence doesn't come from the size or the shape of my body anymore. It comes from knowing that my worth isn't in that. And so I think those big things, you know, normalizing the fact that my body is normal and that we that health comes in every shape and size and detaching the size of my body from my health and from the foods that I eat and then allowing myself to really be comfortable in my body in every season was was really powerful. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I love what you said about the seasons because I do think yeah. that's something that causes such a struggle for so many women is like expecting their bodies to be the same all the Mm -hmm. time. So I'm so happy you brought that up. And I do have a couple more questions before you go. Um, So first up, 
I want to ask you what your healthy balance looks like, just because that's what you said was a huge player for you when you were recovering. Like you had to discover this balance that worked for you. And I also think just hearing you answer this question is going to help so many women because it's kind of like inspiring. You know, we can get all these tools like you shared some great tools with us today but when you actually hear how another woman is living a balanced life I find that really inspiring so I'd love to hear what your like balance looks like yeah oh what a good question (laughs) I'm trying to think of where where to start I think day-to-day my balance looks like the routines and rituals that I have in place that make me feel my best being the the center of the way that I eat and the way that I respect my body. So there are, you know, there are foods that make me feel really good. And I know that now after spending a lot of time working on both my relationship with food and my health, And those are the foods that I stock in my fridge because I know that they make me feel good. And but at the same time, I have other, you know, foods that might not make me feel amazing also in my fridge and in my pantry because sometimes I want those foods. So food, you know, on a daily basis means fueling myself really well and nourishing myself really well with the foods that make my gut feel good, that make my hormones feel balanced because that's something that I've worked through for a long time Um, and make my family feel good too because I do have a family. I've got two kids now and I've got a husband who eats pretty much the same as I do now, but he didn't for a long time. Um, And it means things like, you know, planning my meals, but planning them with flexibility because I do have a family and we have a busy schedule. Not right now. We're all at home right now, (laughs) which is a struggle in and of itself. But I do plan my meals with flexibility because I need to make sure that we are eating the foods that make us feel good on a regular basis. But I don't have like strict days where I have to eat this meal on this day or I have to eat this certain amount. There's no measuring. There's no tracking. There's simply the foods that make me feel good. And that's what we keep on hand. And that's what, that's how we plan our meals. We experiment a lot. We have a lot of our like staple meals that we eat on a regular basis. Cause I know, man, when you've got kids, when you find those meals that everyone loves, those are the ones you keep around. (laughs) But then we also love to experiment and try new things in the kitchen. I love getting my kids in the kitchen with me and showing them, you know, what it looks like to eat um, a balance of food. So we eat all types of food in our house. We don't have any restrictions other than for me, potatoes, because I'm allergic and they make me pass out. So I don't eat potatoes. Um, So we plan our meals, we prep ahead a little bit so that meals aren't stressful. Because for me, as a busy mom, if I don't have anything prepped, and five o'clock happens, and we have dance class at 550. So we have to eat in between because my kiddo needs to eat before dance class, meals need to happen fast. So our meals are really simple. Even though I have a culinary degree, we use lots of spices and lots of flavors because I love food and I want it to taste delicious. But they're simple and they're usually, you know, somewhat prepped ahead because I want, I want it to come together fast and, and be easy. 
But then we also eat takeout when life is really busy and we don't have time. I go, whatever, I'm going to, and we decide what we're going to eat based on what we feel, not based on, okay, this place has this thing and I can only eat these certain things. So I have to eat this food. It's much more flexible and easy and natural and joyful. So I think my balance comes from making sure that I'm eating those foods that make me feel really good and that my family loves too, and making sure that I'm honoring and respecting my body through that. But also that, you know, food is doesn't take over my life anymore. We keep, we make it really simple for us to eat the foods that make us feel good, but we also include all types of foods. I love ice cream (laughs) and I don't feel really good when I eat a ton of dairy. So I will eat ice cream with dairy in it often in the summertime, but when I'm wanting it and I just want to keep some ice cream in my freezer, I have cashew milk ice cream because it's amazing. And when I crave it, I eat it. I have no restrictions. I don't measure it. I eat the amount that sounds really good to me. And then I move on. I don't, you know, subscribe to anything where I have to, you know, eat these types of foods. And then, you know, on the weekends, I can have this food. It's sometimes it's a Wednesday night where I want some ice cream and I have some ice cream and sometimes I don't want ice cream at all during the week. And that's just kind of what, that's kind of what our balance looks like. I think in real life, in nourishing ourselves really well, but allowing ourselves to be flexible and allow food to be easy and simple and joyful. Did that that answer your question enough? (laughs) Oh, totally. That sounds so great. And also, I really want to hop on your website now and go make one of your recipes because I'm sure you have so (laughs) many on there. So I'll definitely go check that out. So last question is, what does it mean to you to be unbreakable? I love this question. And I listened to your podcast, so I should have thought about this ahead of time. (laughs) Oh, I think it means that... Not letting food or fitness or my business or the opinions of other people get in the way of my relationship with myself and my family and my husband and really living that life of balance that I shared with you where my worth isn't based on the way that I look or the food that I eat that, you know, it's based in, you know, I believe in God. So I believe that it is based in my relationship with God and my relationship with myself. And I think being unbreakable comes from having that really solid relationship with yourself. Mm, I couldn't agree anymore. So thank you so much for coming on the show today, Chris. I so enjoyed our chat and I know everyone listening is going to want to connect with you. Also listen to your podcast, connect with you over on Instagram, that sort of thing. So I will have everything linked up in our show notes, but if someone wants to take a screenshot of our episode and post it on Instagram. Where can they find you on Instagram just so they can tag you really quick? Yeah, I'm at Healthy Mama Chris on Instagram. And that's my website too. It's just healthymamachris.com. Thank you so much for having me on and letting me share my story. This was so fun. <laughs> 